Another mortgage bond trader named Howie, inside Morgan Stanley, would lose $9 billion on a single mortgage trade and remain essentially unknown without anyone beyond a small circle inside Morgan Stanley ever hearing about what he'd done or why. When I sat down to write my first book, I had no great agenda apart from telling what I took to be a remarkable tale. If you'd gotten a few drinks in me and then asked what effect the book would have on the world, I might have said something like, I hope that college students trying to decide what to do with their lives might read it and decide that it's silly to phony it up and abandon their passions or even their faint interests to become financiers. I hope that some bright kid at Ohio State University who really wanted to be an oceanographer would read my book, spurn the offer from Goldman Sachs, and set out to sea. Somehow that message was mainly lost. Six months after Liar's Poker was published, I was knee-deep in letters from students at Ohio State University who wanted to know if I had any other secrets to share about Wall Street. They had read my book as a how-to manual. In the two decades after I left, I waited for the end of Wall Street as I had known it. The outrageous bonuses, the endless parade of rogue traders, the scandal that sank Drexel Burnham, the scandal that destroyed John Goodfriend and finished off Solomon Brothers, the crisis following the collapse of my old boss John Merriweather's long-term capital management, the internet bubble. Over and again, the financial system was, in some narrow way, discredited. Yet the big Wall Street banks at the center of it just kept on growing, along with the sums of money that they doled out to 26-year-olds to perform tasks of no obvious social utility. The rebellion by American youth against the money culture never happened. Why bother to overturn your parents' world when you can buy it and sell it off in pieces? At some point, I gave up waiting. There was no scandal or reversal, I assumed, sufficiently great to sink the system. Then came Meredith Whitney with news. Whitney was an obscure analyst of financial firms for an obscure financial firm, Oppenheimer & Company, who, on October 31, 2007, ceased to be obscure. On that day, she predicted that Citigroup had so mismanaged its affairs that it would need to slash its dividend or go bust. It's never entirely clear on any given day what causes what inside the stock market, but it was pretty clear that on October 31st, Meredith Whitney caused the market and financial stocks to crash. By the end of the trading day, a woman whom basically no one had ever heard of and who could have been dismissed as a nobody had shaved 8% off the shares of Citigroup and $390 billion off the value of the U.S. stock market. Four days later, Citigroup CEO Chuck Prince resigned. Two weeks later, Citigroup slashed its dividend. From that moment, Meredith Whitney became E.F. Hutton. When she spoke, people listened. Her message was clear. If you want to know what these Wall Street firms are really worth, Take a cold, hard look at these crappy assets they're holding with borrowed money and imagine what they'd fetch in a fire sale. The vast assemblages of highly paid people inside them were worth, in her view, nothing. All through 2008, she followed the bankers and brokers' claims that they had put their problems behind them with this write-down or that capital raise with her own claim. You're wrong. You're still not facing up to how badly you've mismanaged your business. You're still not acknowledging billions of dollars in losses on subprime mortgage bonds. The value of your securities is as illusory as the value of your people. 
Rivals accused Whitney of being overrated. Bloggers accused her of being lucky. What she was, mainly, was right. But it's true that she was, in part, guessing. There was no way she could have known what was going to happen to these Wall Street firms, or even the extent of their losses in the subprime mortgage market. The CEOs themselves didn't know. Either that or they're all liars, she said. But I assume they really just don't know. Now, obviously, Meredith Whitney didn't sink Wall Street. She just expressed most clearly and most loudly a view that turned out to be far more seditious to the social order than, say, the many campaigns by various New York attorneys general against Wall Street corruption. If mere scandal could have destroyed the big Wall Street investment banks, they would have vanished long ago. This woman wasn't saying that Wall Street bankers were corrupt. She was saying that they were stupid. These people whose job it was to allocate capital apparently didn't even know how to manage their own.